When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Yes, sir. And yes, ma'am, you had better. Well, get them up. Get them going. It is Friday. What does that make it, Rod Babers? It is a freak flag, feel good, fake it till you make it, Ric Flair, Football Friday edition of it, Hook 'em Up with you, Rod B. Indeed, and we appreciate you being there on this Friday, the first day of September. Football season is back. We had some uh, tasty games last night, which we will dive into on the high school and college front. And we've got the Longhorns tomorrow afternoon at the stadium. We will certainly preview and dive into the first full Saturday of college football. Going to be great. It's uh, almost like Christmas morning, Christmas Eve for Mm -hmm. today, Christmas morning tomorrow. And we appreciate you being there with us. Whoever you find us each and every morning, five hours a day, five days a week. Could be on 1019, could be AM 1260, and of course streaming, making it easy. We'll join the, uh, the New World Order. Take the training wheels off. Find the Horn app. <laughs> download it to your phone. You're listening to us uh, crystal clear digitally with the touch of a button each and every morning. Also, you can find us on our website, hornfm.com. Watch the show on our Twitch channel, on our YouTube channel as well at youtube.com at the Horn Austin. And if you are watching on our Twitch channel this morning, uh, I got my, my Longhorn gear on. I'll tell you about coming up. But first, wanted to uh, introduce the uh, other part of the uh, the other side of the table, the shutdown corner on the field side, holding it down hard five days a week, five hours a day from DB High down in the seven one three and DBU right here in the five one two. Stops at four different NFL zips. He is a lifetime Longhorn, a football theorist. If he could catch, he might be the leader all time in interceptions at UT. He <laughs> uh, wore number twenty one in your program, but always number one in your heart. He is my Great buddy. Rod Babers. Rod B, what's up? Uh, doing well. I appreciate the intro, and you're right about that, actually. I would have been one of the all-time What leaders. is it, Nathan Vasher still? Nathan Vasher and uh, Noble Doss, I believe, right? Could have been the, you. Could have uh, been you. Uh, Could have been me, but I think I'm top five all-time in PBU, so I'm still you know, still Pass around there in the record, books, uh, in the record books somewhere. Uh, appreciate the intro, but... On a Friday, like we do every day, we want to salute those who choose to serve. It is an honor, uh, but also a burden. We understand that, uh, but we appreciate all those who choose to serve. Our society is built on the selflessness of service, so all those who uh, choose to do so, we appreciate you and salute you on this day. Whether it be God, country, or community, uh, we know that you are up early working hard for all of us, so we appreciate you. Soldiers, nurses, teachers, uh, officers of the law, the waste management, I mean, everybody out there. 
Absolutely. You. Uh, you know, just because you're, you're making a paycheck doesn't mean you're not serving people. Hey, uh, and if you're doing it. it in the volunteer army, we appreciate that as well yep. each and every morning. As we say, give us, uh, give us a note. If you want to give somebody a shout-out, give somebody a pat on the back, uh, pick me up. Maybe don't get the credit they deserve. You can certainly hit us up on our social medias, uh, on Twitter and Instagram, and, then, of course, on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. We will give them a shout-out. I'd love to do that each and every morning here on Ian Rod B. It's not just any morning. It's Friday ahead of the football season for yes, the Longhorns, sir. and we are going to dive in. We'll go behind the burnt orange curtain at the bottom of the hour, have a look at some of the big games of the weekend and the games from last night, get some thoughts on uh, Utah's big win. Uh, Matt Rule's debut at Nebraska. Uh, his and the Cornhuskers snatched defeat from the jaws of victory last night in the fourth <laughs> quarter in an ugly defensive struggle there at Minnesota. We'll get you details. So let's start with the headlines, get you caught up on the news of the morning. T.Y., let's fire this up. Top Gun Equipment Rentals bring you the news, and we're now, yes, a day away from the Longhorn season opener with the Rice Owls in his final meeting with the media Ahead of tomorrow's 2.30 kickoff, head coach Steve Sarkeesian yesterday remained coy about his official depth chart. Did give some insight, though, into the, a few of the ongoing positional battles, most notably a right guard. Coach Stark revealed that both D.J. Campbell and last season's starter at that spot, Cole Hudson, will play. But Campbell, the sophomore from Arlington, will be the starter, be out there with the first team tomorrow. Also confirmed that he's looking forward to tomorrow's game to, get better, to gain a better feel on who his lead running back is. Junior Jonathan Brooks has been the assumed starter most of the offseason, but the true freshman, C.J. Baxter, has had an excellent camp and is pushing him. Um, Sark says more will be revealed tomorrow. At the uh, backup quarterback position behind Quinn Ewers, Coach Sark said he and the staff plan to make a determination by today whether Malik Murphy or Arch Manning would be the number two. First full weekend of college football kicked off last night. A couple of big matchups in Salt Lake City. Utah put the clamps on Florida. 24-11 the final. Utes defense held the Gators. It is 13 yards rushing. They were 1 for 13 on third down. Also last night, defensive battle in Matt Rule's debut at Nebraska. Cornhuskers carried a 10-3 lead into the fourth quarter at Minnesota, but a pair of huge turnovers allowed P.J. Flex Gophers to rally and steal a 13-10 win on a field goal at the gun. Week two of the high school football season kicked off last night. Several games, including Westwood Warriors rolling past Austin High 49-14. Weiss put it on LBJ 44-19. Bass drop outlasted Leander in a thriller 41-40. Great game there. Hendrickson topped Colleen Ellison 26-21. And Colleen outscored Stony Point at around Rock 48-40. Plenty of great Week 2 action under the Friday Night Lights tonight, including Bowie and Cedar Ridge. Hutto faces Liberty Hill. Georgetown will be at Vista Ridge. Cibolo steals at Lake Travis. And top-ranked Westlake will host Converse Judson in the heavyweight battle tonight. Also, the game you'll hear live here on the Horn, neighborhood rivals square off 1-0 Vandergrift, hosting 1-0 Cedar Park. 7 o'clock pregame, or 7 o'clock kick, pregame at 6.45 tonight. Light night in baseball, Rangers, Astros, and Mariners all off. Second place, Rangers open a home series with the Twins tonight in Arlington. First place, Astros welcome the Yankees to Minute Maid Park. That should be fun. Also, the first place, Mariners are in, uh, the also first place, Mariners are in New York to face the Mets for three. Great four-game weekend series between the best two teams in the National League Open last night out in L.A., the Braves held on for an 8-7 win over the Dodgers in what could be a NLCS preview. Bravos jumped out big early with a six-run second inning. That was highlighted by Ronald Acuna Jr.'s grand slam that made the 25-year-old superstar the first player ever with 30 home runs and 60 stolen bases in a single season. And he's got a month of baseball to go. Incredible. And a tough loss for Round Rock last night. They carried a 2-1 lead in the ninth at Oklahoma City but lost 4-2. Corn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. And uh, our prediction, prognostication that Florida 
would be struggling. Yeah, they'd be distracted, uh, a little discombobulated out there because of everything going on. You know, the hurricane, and they yeah. were yeah, they were out, they were put out of sorts, uh, definitely out of their routine, and uh, it definitely showed. And I will also say the coaching didn't do them any favors. Florida just didn't look good. Yeah, well, I mean, Billy Napier, Oof. year two. And to the to the folks who didn't hear us yesterday afternoon out at Lavaca Street Bar in the Domain, we were having a great time with Patrick Davis. Shout out. On the sports complex. What a good time that was. So thanks to everybody that came out and said hi and hung out with us and maybe won a great prize on their way out the door. That was pretty cool. We had a good time out there. But we were talking about the, these games. And, uh, yeah, Florida, because of the hurricane that, that made landfall earlier in the week, Got out of town early. They left on Tuesday yeah. or Wednesday early in the morning to, just to get out and not get stuck, obviously. And so they ended up in Dallas on Wednesday and then got just, to Utah yeah. on, on, on Thursday. Just displaced and out of sorts. They just didn't have any routine or regimen. And that's, you know, yeah. coaches who, like Steve Sarkeesian's been home all week and He's worried about what's going to happen tomorrow yeah. uh, with his young guys yeah. and, uh, and you know thinking of everything that could go wrong. All the variables that you cannot control. Think about the variables that they can't control. Right, they couldn't practice. <laughs> can't practice. Even just simple things like meals. Yeah. I mean, how do you get a meal for 100? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's also an issue. I mean, it's just, yeah, that's yeah. a lot of, that's a lot of uh, emergency and contingency plans to deal with also in a game week as well. I would expect you to see a better Florida team in the future, but you better, or else Billy Napier's not going to last because uh, that was poor. I mean, they were oh, terrible man. on special teams. Their quarterback play, Graham Mertz, was not good. And give Utah a lot of credit. They're playing without Cameron Rising. Uh, they scored, they hit a 70-yard bomb on the first play. That was brilliant. The safety in the corner they tripped, just, tripped each other up. Man, you could tell they weren't ready. No. They were not ready for that play. Uh, and I would tell you that is something that even when I played, we were commonly warned about, like, hey, hey, hey. They might try to surprise you on the first play, guys. They might try to go, do, go deep punch. on you. Get ready. Just be ready. Just be ready. Like, be on your toes. Don't expect, oh, it's just going to be a simple handoff. Uh, no. And that's exactly, I think the play action fake, and then boom. Well, that, was only, that was his only throwing touchdown, right? Was, the, <laughs> was, the, was that one at the beginning of the game, the first play for them. First so. play of the game. And then, you know, then it kind of, kind of settled into a slugfest and special teams errors by Florida uh, helped set up a, you know, uh, and a big turnover by Graham Mertz uh, helps mm. Utah set up some short fields. And um, gosh, it just was, I mean, Florida, and, and yeah, you know, this is the, the probably issues for Billy Napier, maybe his team being distracted. They just got out physical. I mean, Utah just beat them up. Utah held, does that. That's and what they, they just do. beat them up. Yeah. And you would think the big physical SEC, the big lines of scrimmage, Florida Gators, that they'd have the, uh, the physicality edge. And uh-uh. Kyle Whittingham's team was just, I mean, as I said in the headlines, held them to 13 rushing yards. Uh, one of 13 on third down. Uh, mm. It was not good. And then they had some uh, drop balls. Saw, yeah, and then they had to pit. Exactly. And then even some of the penalties, they had one penalty where they, it was like a fourth and three, and Utah was a, a getting ready to punt, but Florida had two number twos on the field. Uh, two number threes on the field, I think it was, something like that. Oh, no. And then they had a penalty because they had two guys with the same jersey. And they, that, but that goes to the point you were making about you know, being displaced because of the hurricane. They probably were meeting in some lobby of some hotel or something or in some parking lot somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, the conference like, room. Yeah, you know what I mean? And just a, a lot of the details were missed. And you could tell that was not yep. a detailed-oriented performance by 
Florida. I think they will be better. And I'm actually, you know, I like Billy Napier, but yeah, he's got to put out a better product than that. He's a Nick Saban protege. Came on team, of course, was Louisiana with the Raging Cajuns on his way to Florida. Uh, but yeah, that's it's and, the SEC. They'll... And now it makes honestly that Anthony Richardson performance, like hit, hit him in that offense. Remember, everybody talked about how you know he's basically kind of an average, and he would flash all of these spectacular plays. I mean, that Florida offense. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> description. The first eight, yeah, the first eight drives for the Florida offense: punt, punt, field goal, missed field goal, punt, punt, interception, turnover, on downs. The only thing worse than uh, <laughs> the Florida offense was Minnesota and Nebraska's offense last oh. night because that was off. Oh. Well, that oh, there was, there was three. It was three zero by halftime. Yeah. Oh, that was that was that was old school Big Ten football. So that was. Well, Matt Rule's trying to win one with his defense, and then his you know quarterback and his running back let him down because they were they were in control of that game ten they to did. three, and mm-hmm. um, you know they had the trick play that was was you know, they did the throwback pass, but. It, Bounced. I mean, the ball's bouncing oh. around the turf, and the kid still picks it up and throws a touchdown pass because the Nebraska receiver's wide open mm-hmm. in the end zone, and he scores the touchdown. And it's up ten three. Got you know crossing midfield, games in control, and yeah, the uh, running back put it on the ground. Uh, Miss Minnesota defender punched it out. That led to a, a game tying touchdown on a beautiful oh. catch. How about that catch, Rod? Get that, that foot down. The, the the quarterback just made he made that. I guess he made the play spectacular because it could have been routine. It was a beautifully run route. It was just a slant corner, and he lost the DB on that one. So he really could have just put it out there pretty easy, but he overthrew the wide receiver, and then the effort and concentration by the wide receiver just to get to tap down the back. The back toe, like mm-hmm. the back foot of the back, the one he was dragging whilst catching the ball. So basically 80% of his body is probably out of bounds at that time, including his yeah. hands and the football he's catching it. And yet he's able to tip, just drag that, that back toe. And he had to drag it to the point where you could see like the the the, the, the balls, the rubber balls come up. You can see it. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah, a great slow-mo on Fox last night. Oh. And Gus Johnson, of course, went crazy, which was fun. That's a, Got our first Gus Johnson going crazy. That means college football is back yeah, uh, for no sure. Uh, also in that game, so that's so 10-10, right? Guy makes a miracle catch. Not a miracle catch. A, a you know, highlight real catch. It was a, yeah, it was just a But they still catch, have the ball really. and a chance to go win the game. And Jeff Sims, their quarterback, who came in from Georgia Tech, Throws a boneheaded interception in the coverage, just stared down his receiver. The safety mm. jumped it, and uh, I mean, Matt Rule was bewildered on the sidelines. He knows he's not great yet. He's got to got, remember Matt Rule in year one at uh, Temple won two games. Year one at Baylor won one game. He's big on the teardown and the rebuild. He's great by at year it. three. Yep. They're really good. Mm-hmm. But uh, and they had a chance to steal a road win in conference play last night and uh, turnovers, man. Again, these are all things we have from Steve Sarkeesian talking about coming up at the bottom of the hour behind the burnt orange curtain. These are all the things that uh, coaches agonize over. Just, you know, it's one of those, you say, uncontrollables. I mean, the players are playing, right? I mean, you train them, coach mm-hmm. them, uh, practice, and then you hit the field, and you need your, your players to perform. Yep. And uh, you know <laughs> they're going to make some mistakes. They're human beings. Same time. You know, you got to execute, and we'll talk about Sark in this Longhorn game with the Rice Owls, what the expectations are, what the goals might be, and uh, what are the, some of these positional battles. But, Rod, before we get to that at the bottom of the hour, how about these games coming up tonight and tomorrow? I mean, tomorrow, uh, when we – I mean, everybody will be focused here on, on, on Texas and Rice, but not, all, men, not many of us think it's going to be much of a ball game, right? It should be a, a contr- should, game controlled yeah. by Texas. Everybody's but, expecting to see that third – quarterback, whoever that third quarterback is, actually. Yeah, the other big games. And by the way, everybody weighing in, we appreciate your your suffering because if you have Spectrum TV... Oh, I heard about this. Yeah. Right when the game started, they yeah. did it. Was ESP- that, why they did they do it like that? Because ESPN oh. wanted to. Because they, they knew it was the first game of college football That's for everybody. And everybody that has Spectrum. Oh. And, um, and including... 
throughout Central Florida, uh, throughout Gainesville, throughout I mean the Central mm. Florida area, and so you know the home team couldn't, or the road team couldn't even watch the game. They probably. It's probably good for Billy Napier that a lot of the people in Florida couldn't watch the game. <laughs> that might have helped him. You're right about that, actually. Yeah. They didn't get a chance to watch how brutal it was. Well, yeah. Well, you'd have to run down to the sports bar or whatnot and get it on direct TV so. or somewhere. But That's... we, uh, so that, you know, and even here. So if you're a Spectrum and you couldn't watch the game last night, you were stuck with the Fox game. And that's going to be a problem all weekend. I mean, don't think ESPN and Disney didn't do this on purpose. Because, by the way, right there in, uh, that's where Disney is, Central mm. Florida. That's right, right where, the, where the headquarters Man. would be. And, of course, they're that in a fight a, with Spectrum and a corporate battle, billionaires That was fighting. a twist of the knife. You could have just, you could have oh. did that earlier, man. You could have cut it off beforehand. People, basically, I think people thought, oh, I'll get a chance to watch the game at least. Then, nope. Probably got the pregame. Yeah, pre-game. right? Let them get pulled, a little taste, little, little taste of it, a little appetizer. Then, oh, oh, somebody. That was strategic, man. That was strategic. No doubt. Business negotiations. Oh, man, that's ugly. Uh, so that's call ugly. your call your cable provider. That's I basically guess, what, they, what, yeah, you, what they want you to do. Call your congressman. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, this is Utah will <laughs> call win. Call Ty. Email Ty about Email that. Ty. All yeah. disgruntlement go to T. Henderson <laughs> at hornfm.com. Just leave your address, please. There you go. Hey, I will mention that. Can I say this? That... Um, Shoot. We talk about the one one nine signal and I know it's a struggle for most most people. Mm-hmm. And we're including, working it. Including us. Including we're, us. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we get go to the app. Yep. But uh so my son and his uh remember my son got married last November and he and his wife and they have now become homeowners. They bought a nice. house. Or built a house. Beautiful. Out between uh Maynard and on the way to Elgin, in the Elgin there. Okay. Okay. Um in this housing market, most they could afford was near Elgin, hey, uh, which is it's, a beautiful it's little home, up, and perfect starter home for yeah. them, and they're now homeowners, which no is doubt. really cool. So, of course, your boy over here after the show yesterday went uh, help load the U-Haul, okay, 20, 20, 30 foot U-Haul truck, oh, furniture. I'm, I'm furniture, too old for yeah. this. It's too hot for that. For refrigerators <laughs> and oh, Ooh, oh come yeah. on, man. Well, and my son has never driven a big truck, so he was he had, he wanted me to drive the Rio Hall. I would there. say, man, you got you got some you got two boys. You got to make sure they got some friends that are able bodied right. and young. Uh, what's, the, what's the crew? Her brother and sister were there to help, which okay. was great, and there we had some help. But man, it was a lot of work and oh, then unloading hot. that bad boy. Man, it's hot. And, um, so either way, point probably, of that is, you probably lost some weight then. I know, man. A little it was, sweat. I hope so, man. But, yeah, so that was my, my afternoon, and then I met you at Lavaca Street. And oh, that was, back to damn. Lindlow. You did that, then came out? To yeah. The, oh, that? Oh, I didn't oh, yeah. know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, you had, uh, then, you had like, four jobs the unlo- yesterday. The unload part, yeah. Well, so the uh, point of that was, as I was driving back from their home, um, from Elgin back towards uh, the domain, I listened to 1019 the whole way. Perfectly clear, not a crackle all the way into the domain. Oh, because you were farther up north. Well, up north and out, yeah. Yeah. So there are areas that can hear 1019 clearly, also AM 1260, and always on the digital app. Just wanted to report back on that. AM 1260 works for me if I want to listen to it. That's about a 40-minute drive and listen to the Rich Eisen show, which was great. Uh, so, yes, uh, we're, we're working on that, but uh, just know there are a lot of people out there that do hear that loud and clear. We appreciate you finding 1019 and, and AM 1260 and, uh, and uh, hornfm.com and the Horn app and all the ways to find E and Rod B five hours a day. Appreciate uh, you. Biggest games outside of Texas and Rice tomorrow. Boise State, Washington's a good one. That is a good one. That's now, a, yeah. Washington, one of the favorites because we got to see a, a team that's won the Pac-12 each of the last two years. We got to see USC last week, and they weren't super – I mean, Caleb Williams was – as advertised, he's the Heisman Trophy reigning winner. Uh, now we'll get to see Washington for the first time in a good matchup with a good, yeah. solid Boise State program. A lot of people believe Washington could be a sleeper as a college football playoff contender this year. You got Michael Penix. We all saw him in the bowl game. Uh, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the country. And they got good lines of scrimmage. 
Actually, yeah. I know people talk about their receiving core, and they have one of the best, if not the best, kind of passing offense in the country, too. At least they did last season. Um, but their lines of scrimmage, as Longhorn fans know, defensively is pretty tough, and offensively they got good lines of scrimmage, top, too. Top two highest scoring offenses in the country last year were Tennessee. And then, of course, Hendon Hooker got hurt at Tennessee and oh, kind of yeah. gave them a hit. Uh, then Washington. Washington was number yeah. two with Michael Penix and uh, Kalen DeBoer, and they put mm-hmm. up a lot of points. They were prolific, man. If their defense is any better. But uh, Boise State uh, will be coming into Seattle, uh, two-touchdown favorite. And the best game, we know what the best game of the weekend is not till Sunday with LSU-Florida State, right? There's a game with you know, long-term national title implications. Oh, no and you know, Got some star power. But the best game Saturday, the I think, is the Carolina battle, North Carolina-South Carolina. Oh, Drake May on Drake display. May against Spencer Rattler. Yeah, it's a good quarterback. Good quarterback matchup. battle. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, on Shane Beamer's team, you know, went four and zero down the stretch. Beat Tennessee. Beat Clemson uh, last year late in November, and uh, really showing signs of turning that Carolina program on the South Side. And of course, Mac Brown back for another year with maybe the best quarterback in the country, not named. Caleb Williams. When Mac Brown has a good quarterback, Longhorn fans, we know this. When he's got a good quarterback, he usually has a really good year. That's that's uh, you know go look at Mac's record and and if he's got a good record, he's winning double digit games. Usually means he's got a, a quarterback that is one of the better quarterbacks in the country. Drake May is definitely that. So you can expect a big year from Mac. I'll take I'll take North Carolina. Take UNC. Mm, I'll take North Carolina. <laughs> game's on one. the road, right? That game's at Clemson? Or that was a neutral site game. I looked that up, make sure I've got that uh, locked I'm in. I'm not sure, actually. And, you know, it really depends <laughs> on if you get good Spencer Rattler or bad, right? When Spencer's hot and rolling <laughs> and hit, making plays, he's, I mean, he, he's a boomer bust kind of player. He is. He's been more, more consistent with South Carolina, but, yeah, I mean, pretty, I still remember the fact that if, if Pete Kwiatkowski – in 2021, if he doesn't have such a great game plan versus Spencer Rattler, Texas might win that game versus Oklahoma. His game plan was so damn good, it got Spencer Rattler benched. Yeah, and then Caleb he Williams was befuddled. He, yeah, exactly. He was turning the ball over. <laughs> and then they bring in Caleb Williams, which you don't have a really you know good game plan for Caleb Williams because you didn't have the sample size of him playing because he was just a freshman at the time. And that was just a great chess move by you know, by Lincoln Riley, won yeah, in the well, game, and that's and we, we talked about game. that that it was a miserable ending in game for Texas because they were about to run away with that game. Oh, they were. And Spencer Rattler looked like a, looked like Ty Henderson, our producer, after a long night at Deep Eddie Cabaret. <laughs> he was just drunk and stumbling around, and uh, they were. And yeah, then Caleb Williams Taylor comes in down. and changed the game. The fourth down, remember? And, and, and you know, but the but the that's where we first got to see the as a true freshman out of Washington D.C. This kid, mm-hmm. look if he goes on to the great things that. People are anticipating for him as uh, maybe the first guy since Archie Griffin to go back-to-back at Heisman, first pick of the draft, transcendent quarterback at the top of the NFL. If he doesn't, everybody at the Cotton Bowl that day can say, oh, yeah, we saw it. I remember it. That, that was the start I remember of it. that. That was the beginning. That was Because that guy came in <laughs> with, with everything against him, with ice water in his veins. And of all the talent, that might be his best ability. He just is fearless. I mean, he's he is uh, – He's a game player. He's a, he's a he's a playmaker. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just a playmaker. Yep. And that's why he gets the Patrick Mahomes comparisons, right? He's got the arm strength, the size, the speed. But man, uh, the the ability to make a play mm-hmm. where maybe there's not a play. Even yes. last week against, you, uh, you know, in their opener, who they they opened at San Jose State. There's a mm-hmm. ball on the ground, right? The ball, the snap hits the ground. It's fumbling around. 
Not only does he not fumble, not lose it, he picks it up, throws a touchdown pass. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's, just, it's, not, it's not just that he can keep you from having a negative play. He actually turns it into a big play. Yeah. A positive. And we saw that with guys like Bijan do that. Where yes. It's like, oh, man, the play breaks down. It's decomposing. There's no way. Can he just get back to the line of scrimmage? It turns out he'll get into an 18-yard game. You're like, how the hell is that Yeah, happen? we were talking yesterday, <laughs> you know, high school football tonight with some great games under the Friday Night Lights. Late in the show yesterday, we talked to Vandergrift head coach Drew Sanders. Oh, yeah. He was great. And and, uh, they're awesome. playing Cedar Park tonight. Uh, yeah. Big high school battles is tonight. Uh, good luck to all those teams. And that Westlake Converse Judson game should be great. Lake Travis Cibolo, mm-hmm. uh, heavyweight battles. But uh, he was talking about his quarterback this year's Deuce Adams, and he's your oh yes. lifetime Longhorn, Mike Adams. Yep, we remember Mike Adams I in heard, the '90s. Yes, no doubt. I remember uh, Mike electric Mike, man, Hollywood Mike. Uh, was big time. Well, he's now the wide receivers coach at Vandergrift, mm-hmm. and his sons they had been now in New Braunfels. And transferred up because uh, Coach Sanders hired Mike Adams. He had been on his staff before, and then went to the Broncos. Came back, yep. and he—that's how what he's talking about with his kid, dude, Deuce Adams. He's got some of that. Snapped over his head. Yep. Runs back, gets the ball, runs around, cool throws, touchdown, throws touchdown, throws touchdown, throws touchdown. And I said, Coach, out. I mean, that's like week one first game nightmares are for every coach. And if you have a playmaker like that, they'll make a play out of it. That's Those a, are special players. When, you know, essentially, you bring that up because I was talking to Jerry Hamilton about this uh, yesterday because we were um, talking about the quarterback position and I was saying honestly that's why I want to see from Quinn I want to see a little yeah. bit of that because and, and not you know not a lot of it just a little bit of it J- Jim Harbaugh once asked Bill Walsh like what he looks for in a quarterback that's the question everybody asked the late great Bill Walsh when he saw hey what do you look for in a quarterback even Sark asked him the same thing strangely enough he always had a different answer <laughs> which I love about Bill Walsh. he would always have kind of a different answer for everybody but what the answer he gave to Jim Harbaugh was um, athletic instincts he said athletic instincts, and this is how he described it. An instinctive, spontaneous, natural response to situations that develop in games. Walsh said some of his quarterback's greatness, he was talking about Joe Montana here, um, was his spontaneous instincts that would break loose between 10 to 15% of the time. He said often making a phenomenal difference in the result of the game. These are the plays you're talking about. Yeah. The, the, the well, snap, or went awry. Might be a 14-point turn, right? Guy missed it, the block. Yeah, exactly. Right? Well, think about Caleb Williams' first play we ever saw him. That was a fourth down play. It was a fourth down play. It was Jared Texas, Thompson misses the tackle. He goes 60-something yards for yeah, a touchdown. Yeah, P.K. Kwiatkowski <laughs> calls the, the full house blitz. They've got the and thing stoned. It wasn't a bad call. No, they got it stoned. You got it, yeah. Texas is about to take the ball and maybe go blow that game out. And He's Caleb trying to put Williams, his foot on the throat at the time. Uh, you know, Caleb Williams puts his foot in the ground, jukes Jaron Thompson in the hole. See ya. Out house the gate. Call. Out the gate. And then everybody's like, Longman fans like, huh, well, we're not it's okay here, but that was – that was interesting. That was strange. Okay, I hope hope he doesn't do well, that again. Well, again, we saw that, and you, you were, and he, you're, if you're a Texas fan, you were mad at the Texas defense, and now in hindsight, you're like, you know, it's, you can still be mad at him, but that's a great player. That's a great player. That's a great player. That's one of the best players in college football history. It's a 14-point play. He turned what could have been, uh, you know, seven um, points the other way to 14 and that's, for seven for you. And, and that's what I want to see from Quinn Ewers. I, that, if you ask me what I want to see from Quinn this year, there are a lot of things. You can go over the, you know, the footwork, the mechanics. You know, uh, you want to see him maybe get through the second progression, uh, the deep ball. Everybody's sure. got their checklist. I also want to see that those athletic instincts, that instinctive, spontaneous, natural response that Bill Walsh talked about that you need from your quarterback 10 to 15 percent of the time that makes a phenomenal difference you just described the way Caleb Williams uh we it's, you know there are great quarterbacks and you can see at that times they can turn those what should be a negative play into a positive play sometimes even into a big play those second reaction plays 
improvising when the play breaks down, um, when you have to go off script and improvise. I want to see more of that from Quinn. I think he's uncomfortable with that right now. And I want to see. Well, you wonder if that was last year thinking through the game yes. and not just playing. Could and be, now, exactly. now he's more comfortable yeah. and he can just play. Uh, we'll all be looking exactly. for that tomorrow. Well, we'll go behind the bird orange curtain. We'll dive into Texas. Uh, things that you were looking for. Rod, just give you his number one. I'll give you some of mine. Also, speaking of quarterbacks and Bill Walsh, you see who Joe Montana says is the greatest I quarterback did, of all time? I, I did see we'll that. We'll hit that coming up in uh, our What the Facts segment. Joe Montana with an eyebrow razor yesterday in an interview he did. And. What a day for Ronald Acuna Jr. See the day he had. You had a pretty good day yesterday, Rod. Wow. Ronald Acuna had a better day than you. I'm going to promise you that. Oh, I know that. We'll get that coming up. <laughs> uh, on the other side of a quick timeout, we are just getting warmed up. It's a football Friday. On Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Look them up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Rod Girl Whiskey's Nice tie. That's a new one from the uh, new Zach Bryan album. That's the uh, that's the duet he did with Casey Musgraves on that album, I believe. If it is. Uh, my ears are, are right, good new album uh, for sure. Uh, new music on a Friday with uh, Ty pushing the dials. Uh, Rod Babers is here. We'll go behind the burnt orange curtain. Of course, it's a uh, football Friday. And we had football mm-hmm. last night. Sorry to those with uh, Spectrum who couldn't watch the uh, Florida-Utah game. Utah won it 24-11. 24-11. Uh, we also had Minnesota and Nebraska. Cornhuskers had it. Up 10-3, fourth quarter. Two turnovers later, it's a 13-10 game over. Minnesota, P.J. Flex team with the uh, the tie on. He's got the tie. got the old old school. Mm. He's got the tie he, with like the, uh, the sportier. He didn't row the boat guy? Row the boat. Row the boat. Row the boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was the, your 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 opportunities to watch college football last night. Uh, for the top of the hour, we will have some uh, what the facts, including as we said, uh, did you hear what Joe Montana said yesterday about who he thinks is the greatest quarterback ever, ever? Like the quarterback that he would come up off the bench and to come watch. His rationale was pretty good, though. It is. The reason yeah. that he was pretty good. It is. So yeah. we'll have that for you. And uh, Ronald Acuna's amazing night. What a series that is out in, Lo- in Los Angeles. The Braves and Dodgers. Uh, they might not just be the best teams in the National League. Those might be the best two teams in all of baseball. And they're squaring off for four games this weekend. Fun series. Playoff atmosphere last night. And Ronald Acuna Jr. had mm. himself a day and Man. a night. Details to come. But, uh, uh, Rod, let's go behind the burn orange curtain. It's Texas football. We are uh, about 30 hours away from the opener. Let's get to it. Let's and they were it. all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? Okay, so uh, Sarek had a media availability yesterday, met with the media, uh, and there are a lot of questions. Uh, I think uh, the early questions uh, were probably about the, the depth chart and who's still competing for spots, who has won spots, and honestly, Sark was 
pretty coy about that. He didn't really want to give up anything or reveal anything. So I think we were probably just past the days of depth charts way beforehand. Depth charts will probably just come out on game days and stuff like that with the media. Uh, but he did talk about, he was asked about setting the depth chart. Here's Sark's thoughts about setting a depth chart. Yeah, we have a depth chart. Um, I'm sure you guys will have it by uh, by kickoff on Saturday. Um, you know, it's always difficult when there's an unknown, right? And so we try to do everything in practice to to try to simulate as best we can what a game is like. But you never really know until it's an actual game. Um, so we're, we're going to monitor things. We're going to monitor things at the running back position. Uh, we're going to monitor some things, um, you know, kind of in that in that secondary. What's the right mix of guys that are out there? And we're going to monitor some things at the receiver spot, you know, of who's really going to be those next, you know, couple three guys in after our frontline three. So there's things to monitor as we go. And again, it's it's you know to assume that a guy can't make a mistake and that and he's written off forever. That's that's not what we're talking about. But it's the mindset going into it, the focus. Uh, the ability to do what you're asked to do, to do your job consistently uh, is something that we're looking for. So monitoring. Well, and mentality, right? Several the, positions. Who's locked in? Mm-hmm. Who's locked in? Well, I mean, who's if you go focus now that they think, oh, I got the job. Well, you know, this is mm-hmm. one of those games where for me, you, you mentioned you want to see Quinn Ewers play more natural, play looser, right? Make some off schedule plays. Well, I just want to, when the play breaks down, yeah. I, I would love to see some of those athletic instincts kick in yeah. and not just it be, become a negative play. Don't play robotic football, play, yes. play football. Uh, well, for me, well, if I go back to when Sark opened training camp and he said starting this whole thing that he wants to, they're going to begin with, you know, the you know the important parts of a football game, right? Third oh, yeah. down, red mm-hmm. zone, yeah. So that's what I'm doing. When, football. I mean, to me, it's going to be like Todd Dodge from and the goal board. I want to. We come in here on Monday. We, we will be here on Labor Day, by the way. Uh, five hours uh, right. talking Texas football. Uh, it's a goal board thing. How did you mm-hmm. do on third down? How did you execute on third down? How did you? Because if that's what your focus was going into camp, and I think that's what Sark's saying about some of these young guys in positional battles. I want to see how you guys execute in the big moments in our You know, when we're trying to you know. Convert a drive. If, if it's Cole, if it's DJ Campbell up front, we're going to go for it on fourth down. We're going to plow this in there. Let's make a play here. You know, how does his team handle? You know, because we know that's been the, the problem for Texas. The fourth quarter is handling critical moments. Now, this game may not have critical moments. Yeah, may have like as far than, as the fourth quarter yeah. goes. But th- th- then, to me, that starts in the first and second quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you extend drives on offense? How are you getting off the field on third down on defense? Uh, are you forcing more turnovers? Uh, are you with your football IQ understanding as a player? Okay, this is a big play. Here, right? We got we we need to get to the sticks here. Right? We need to make a first down. To, to your point about Quinn yours. Hey, look, don't hit the home run here. Get a first down. You know, you've got to use your legs a little bit. Get to the sticks, get us three more downs and let's go. Uh those type of things cuz I think that's what's going to separate Texas this year from a team that that can be good or a team that can be great is, you know, executing in those good moments. We saw Florida last night go <laughs> 1 for 13 on third down. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's the kind of stuff you can't win a football game that way. Because uh, one for thirteen, Rod, also means that you're not very good on first or second down mm-hmm. because you're behind, behind the, chains the chains a lot. Yeah. So just how are they executing those things? Which players are are playing with that that high IQ understanding? Even against a team that we're better than, let's play to our standard. Let's play to our bar. Totally agree. Uh, one thing that could also separate Texas from their competition this year is their offensive line, the big humans, big humans. Uh, that Sark has been investing in. A shout out to the BMDs, uh, big money donors, and uh, the Pancake Factory as well. But uh, here's Sark. Actually, he was. Uh, actually up front and forthcoming uh, about one part of the depth chart, and that was the offensive line. Um, He did reveal that there will be a change on the offensive line. 
Well, I think, I think for us, you know, DJ is going to, going to go ahead out there first for us. Um, and then we just have to monitor the whole thing at the, at the line of scrimmage, you know, because again, I, I'd love to tell you we were going to play in 75 degree weather in perfect conditions Saturday. It's not, it's going to be warm. And so we're, we just have to monitor it. You know, we could have, you know, a total of six plays and two drives. We could have a total of 15, 18 plays and two drives. And that, so that's going to dictate a little bit of kind of where we're at and when we need to start rotating our people. All right. So we do know that DJ Campbell is going to be the starting uh, guard instead of Cole Hudson on the offensive line. He's so, a bigger human. That's for sure. There's no doubt. So, but I'm sure Cole Hudson is going to be in the rotation. Usually they try to have I don't know, eight, eight offensive linemen they trust in their rotation starting caliber guys all all guys that get starting caliber grades but for a text i do think the reason to start dj campbell you just brought it up uh he's just a massive a more massive human being they want to be able to play bully ball and i believe that dj campbell is just a much better run blocker than Cole Hudson, and they need a road grader to try to juice up this this uh, run game mm-hmm. and boost this run game because I think they're concerned, and they probably should be concerned. Maybe not concerned, maybe monitoring. All right, that's uh, sorry to rephrase. They're just monitoring the run game period because coming off of that Alamo Bowl, the first post Bijan, post Rojo uh, run game performance we watched. It was poor. I mean, that was 2.8 yards per rush. Uh, it was one of the worst rushing performances we've seen from Texas all season. And now you have the a, an entire season now, an identity of a run game, post Bijan and Rojo. going to be really interesting what it looks like. I think it's pro- that's probably why they bought in Paul Christ as well, um, because they want to juice up the power running game. you got the big humans for it. you got the biggest, most mammoth offensive line in the Big 12. Uh, so I do think Sarkles will be able to impose his will. And maybe there's a little concern they may not be able to do that without Bijan and Rojo in the backfield so that's why he's monitoring the running backs and also I think they're monitoring the offensive line specifically when it comes to the the run game and the run blocking yeah and you yeah. Uh, Patrick Davis and I had that conversation yesterday afternoon to oh, start yeah. the uh, sports complex and you know I cited you a couple times because look the fact that CJ Baxter's right there with Jonathan Brooks is interesting right I mean mm-hmm. I think Jonathan Brooks is a third year player CJ Baxter has been here since January uh, oh, but wow. um, you know and you you said over and over if it's, if it's even between the veteran and the young guy Young guy's gonna, you know, CJ's leaving, you I, know, because the ceiling so. grows. If you, if, if at this point, Jonathan Brooks, who I, I like the player, I think what we've seen of him, and, and he can't help. He's playing behind Rojo and Bijan. Uh, there's not gonna be a lot of carries available. Longhorn fans still don't think Bijan got enough carries, <laughs> right? <laughs> they do. So it's like, <laughs> so you know, Jonathan Brooks is over there going, I, I'm getting scraps over here. But so his chance is right now, and you'd love to see it. And, and maybe this is just Stark, Stark just prodding and saying, look, man, we like this C.J. Baxter. This is your chance. Uh, this is your opportunity, Jonathan Brooks, to take this job mm-hmm. and trying to use that little, you know, you know, prod to get him to a different level too. Yeah, um, because then or because you got to have a between the tackles back, Rod. You have to have somebody because I do think Keelan Robinson and Jaden Blue and those because you haven't seen a lot of Jaden Blue. He's not the biggest guy, right? He's mm-hmm. kind of a slight guy. Uh, they need a big physical runner that can, you know, between the tackles, be that bully ball back that you're talking about. Um, you know, and maybe it's a two headed monster this year with those two, or maybe someone emerges. Maybe it's the it's the freshman. Um, but as I said yesterday, and I'll say again, I don't know. I don't know if Steve Sarkeesian wants to run out to Tuscaloosa with a true freshman in his backfield. But you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, no, I, and I just think the you know if you're looking at last year, you guys all remember watching Texas last season. You know, it, it, just count in your head how many times 
there was a play that should have been a negative play where Bijan and Rojo broke a tackle, made a move, and turned it into a positive play. Those are plays that I, I believe you know could come, could haunt them this year. If they, if it's a negative play, I don't know if these guys have the you know tackle breaking ability. Not saying they can't, um, but Bijan and Rojo they were extraordinary uh, at, at breaking Elite. tackles. Uh, I mean, some of some of the, mo- the some of the best numbers of all time. Bijan actually set the Pro Football Focus record <laughs> for uh, what they call forced missed tackles, which are basically broken tackles. Uh, so I think that goes back all the way to 2014. And by the way. Rojo actually look at broken tackle rate um, because he had fewer carries. He actually broke tackles at a higher rate than Bijan did. And Bijan was the best in the country. And you had both of those guys in your backfield. That's the concern. You don't need to have those potential negative plays this year. You need these running backs with a bit of a, you know, they, they need to have an offensive line um, that, can, that can clear the way for them. Remember last season, Texas was second in the country in yards after contact uh, per carry um, behind LSU. They were at 3.6, and they led the country in broken tackle rate on rushes as well. So I don't know if you'll be that elite in that category this year, which could leave you open to negative plays on running downs, on early downs, standard downs early on, which will put you behind the chains, and you don't want Quinn Ewers operating like that. So that's the concern with the running game. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And this is a slump buster, by the way. Rice, if you can't run the ball on Rice, you ain't going to be able to run the ball. That's the beauty of this. They are one of the worst rush defenses in college football. Eighth, they allowed the eighth highest opposing rushing yards per rush average in the country last year, 5.3. Um, that was 124th, and they allowed 181 rushing yards per game. Sark could just decide to run it 45 times and run it right down their throat, and, and they should have a lot of success. If they can't run the ball versus Rice, this is a slump buster, then you ain't going to be able to run the ball in, in the Big 12. All right, there's Rod Babers behind the burnt orange curtain. It is uh, 9-1-23. That's right, day one of September, which means one day to the Longhorn football season, uh, about 32 hours away from kickoff now down there at DKR. And it should be a, a hot but electric atmosphere. Uh, Longhorns and Chris Del Conte have said free water will be available all over the stadium. Free water. Make sure you're hydrating tomorrow and make sure you come out and see Rod B and me. We will be live at uh, Mockingbird, Mockingbird Saloon. Saloon. I'm excited hang about it. that. It's going to be our... Pre-game hang. I'm going to go check it out today because I'm going to be uh, on the drag today hanging out, um, kicking it at the co-op. So I'm going to go check out 40 Acres Apparel at the co-op, and I'm going to go check out Mockingbird Saloon while I'm down there as and well. Look at me. I just saw the note from Chris Del Conte to wear your burnt orange today. Look at me. I'm wearing my 40 Acres Apparel. If you're watching Ooh, on Twip, Twitch or, look at Twitch or uh, YouTube. Styling. Styling. This is that 40 Acres Apparel. This is a great-looking shirt. Good. I like the, the material, kind of the, though. Oh, man. It's so how soft it is. And like, stretchy. Oh, man. It's, it breathes. It's, it's great. It, it's honestly made for Texas the Texas game days. Cause it's like a little it, floral. It's got little heat, flowers oh, on it, but it's burnt orange. Sharp man. shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't wait to get more of those. The 40 Acres Apparel brand only. Uh, and you can get it to, at that, the exclusively that co-op mm-hmm. location. But that's only a couple of... Uh, a couple of blocks from where we'll be exactly. Mockingbird <laughs> Station tomorrow. I gotta, I gotta to go. Two. I gotta go out there and scout the location a little bit. You know what I mean? Got to make sure everything. I, I know how everything works. Hey, just a bar, huh? just a bar with pool tables, well, and wanna, TVs, yeah. and I want to look at the parking backyard. situation and everything. Yeah, lock it in. Back park yeah. in the back. Park in the back. Yeah, let's not get into the, the rear, rear entrance. Let's, huh? let's not get into the rear, the rear entrance, entrance conversation <laughs> again. But you're gonna want to park in the rear. <laughs> Yes, you will. Yes. (laughs) Whether you want to or not. All right, we'll come back. When we do, it's just the facts on a Friday. Aaron Hogan, Rod Baber. Austin, Texas Sports. The Horn. 
Friday on the horn. Time for what's the what the facts? What the facts? Just the facts. Including, uh, we'll hear from Joe Montana coming up. It's a, an opinion, so it can't really be what the facts, but, but uh, his opinion, opinion is that was, strong. <laughs> the opinion of one of the one of the goats at the for the position, so it matters. It's like when MJ talk, when he gave his opinion on the point guard debate that was happening in, among NBA circles. It matters. Uh, I'll give you a fact, Rod Babers. Ronald Acuna Jr. hit a grand slam, his 30th home run of the season last night, second inning, as the Dodgers jumped out to a big lead and then held on for a win over the Dodgers. That boy's good. Um, he, that boy's good. Uh, <laughs> 25-year-old who's battled some injuries here in his young career, but you knew when you saw him. I remember seeing him in spring training when I was at Astro Spring Training down in West Palm. And um, he, the Braves were in town, and you, uh, you could just – I'm trying to remember which which spring training that was that I saw, but you you I remember walking around the facility and I could just hear the bat. Somebody was taking batting practice down on the field, and you could just hear the <laughs> it ball. Sounded different. God, it sounded, it sounded different. different. It was like what the who the hell is that? It was like, <laughs> I mean, it's like a crack. Harsh talks about that all the time. He's like, no, nah, with the with the good ones, it sounds different. And, yeah. I, and I'm not Harsh, right? Harsh has been living around batting cages and yeah. in batting cages his whole life. Uh, I was I noticed it. I'm just walking and I look down there and it's Ronald Acuna. He must have been 20, 21 years old, but he had a grand slam. He is the first player in the history of baseball with at least 30 home runs and 60 stolen bases in a season. Wow, no one's ever done it. Damn, and he's got a month of ball left, Rod. I mean, he's going to be 40. If he has a good a good September. He could be That's high amazing. 30s and you know 70 stolen bases, uh, setting a high bar for himself. Also, yesterday, it's a fact. Without telling anybody on his team, he went and got married. I love that. Yesterday morning. Yeah. He and his uh, fiance Beautiful. went up into the, because they're in California, they're out in L.A., sounds nice, go up in the mountains, and they got married. Have yourself a day, brother. That's have. a hell of a day. You know you're going to remember that one forever. There you go. There you go. That's fantastic. What do you have in a fact? Story. Just a fact. Uh, you know what? If you are a Nebraska fan today, you're probably feeling like you're Cursed. Cursed. They are now, how about this? Nebraska is now 2-14 and 14 in one-score finishes since the start of 2021. 2-14. Two two and and how did we ever win in two? In one-score <laughs> That's a great point, too. How about this? So uh, in the last five seasons, they have 25 one-score losses and 16 second-half blown leads, both the most in the FBS. Longhorn fans kind of know how that feels. We went through our troubles, too, but damn. I'm so ugly numbers. So they, they, yeah, they're feeling bad. I'll yeah, tell you this too. In that same, because I'm the seam head. That same series, Dodgers, uh, Braves. I wish you. I can't stay up that late. To why I was doing, being a moving guy yesterday. It's too late. But you know, in addition to, you know, what Ronald Acuna did. You know, Mookie Betts hit two more home runs last night. And when the Dodgers tried to rally to win that game, uh, got to within eight seven, uh, and then the the closer for the Braves, Braves closed it out. But um, Freddie Freeman in that in that same series. If Ronald Acuna Jr., he's probably going to be the MVP of the National League, but if it's not him, it's Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman goes into that series with he's he's got 25 home runs and 50 doubles. Two other players in the history of the game have had 25 bombs and 50 doubles prior to the, the month of September ever in baseball. Todd Helton in 2000 playing up in Colorado in the Coors, Coors, Coors Canaveral, and a guy named Chuck Klein in 1930. So Freddie Freeman having a special season, the former Brave, against his former team. Uh, which is pretty cool this weekend, and uh, those two guys are your your one-two for the MVP. Uh, Freddie Freeman having an historic season as well. You brought up Mookie Betts. I'll add on to it. I got a couple of Mookie Betts stats that are crazy. Uh, His 38 home runs now are tied for the third most out of the leadoff spot in a season behind only 
George Springer in 2019. Springer Dinger. Uh, and Alfonso Soriano also in 20, 2006. Both of those guys had 39. So he's definitely going to surpass that. I mean, what do you say? He's got damn near a month left in the season. Yeah. Uh, he's got 30 got, games. He's 20. also got the most career multi home run games out of the leadoff spot because he, he hit two. He's got 26. Uh, George Springer is second with 19, tied with uh, Soriano. Yeah. And the most multi home run games out of the leadoff spot in the season. Uh, he's got second right there. He's second behind Kyle Schwarber, who has seven, and Mookie Betts has six this season. I think he may end up tying or surpassing that. So, yeah, Mookie is Mookie is feeling it this year. He's on it. Well, Starting off two great teams. Two great teams. I think the Braves have the better pitching right now, but uh, man, that, that's likely to be the NLCS and could be the World Series, and obviously can't be, but it might be the best two teams. All right, Joe Montana was Uh-oh. asked uh, on a couple of interviews this week who his greatest quarterback of all time uh, is. And now this is an opinion, but he didn't say Tom Brady, and he didn't say himself. In an interview with Men's Health hmm. Magazine, he actually made an argument for Dan Marino. Dan Marino, who never won a Super Bowl, right? That's what the knock is on Marino. But um, uh, according to Montana, he said as far as, you know, he said, he said he's a guy who could get up off the bench and come watch because – the quick release, uh, he said, I had to step into a lot of things to get enough force on the ball. Um, he had the perfect torque in his upper body, strength to deliver the ball quickly at as fast as release with accuracy. And he went on to point out that, hey, listen, I didn't, you know, I came into the league with Bill Walsh. I had Jerry Rice yeah. and John Taylor. We had Roger Craig. I had four Hall of Famers on defense. Loaded. And so I get, I won four Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that was great for me. Uh, but you know that's just bad luck. Dan Marino didn't. He had Mark. He had Duper and Clayton, and he had uh, the no name defense mm-hmm. and those kind of things. So uh, here, this was on the Jim Rome show. Jim Rome show right after our show at eleven o'clock to two o'clock every day here on the Horn. Uh, he had Joe Montana and asked him to clarify his position between best quarterback ever and greatest quarterback ever. Here it is. A little bit of this. Joe, you made some headlines this week based on an interview with menshealth.com where predictably they asked you what people always ask you, who's the greatest quarterback of all time, except this time you answered it a little bit differently. You made the distinction between the, quote, greatest of all time and the best of all time. To you, what's the difference between those two things? Well, I, I think um... – they're they're pretty close, Jim. To be honest with you, it's just that there's a little differentiation that I think that some people just don't get their due. And um, if you look at the changing of the eras that they played in and what they did, and you know, people judge the greatest by winning and winning Super Bowls, and um, that's all fine and dandy. But there are some guys that you know definitely um, had a tremendous tremendous career that gets kind of left behind. And I just think Dan Marino is one of them. Um, uh, he was one of those guys that when he was on the field. All right, there you go. Well, that's where he went on to say that I would go watch him play. I mean, mm. uh, you know, we, you know, quarterbacks know how hard the position is, right? Yes, and, and you do. And you're like, a, as a cornerback, you know how hard it is. And, you know, Dan Marino did play when you corners could be physical. Corners could knock could you know, small, receivers. small receivers, yeah. right? You just <laughs> at the line of scrimmage. You, yeah, I mean, I, I'm. That's a great point, though. And I've for people in the know, they've said that Dan Marino's arm was unlike anything they've ever 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 seen at the NFL level. Like it was. Well, I'm 50. Next level. And I remember Dan Marino vividly, and he and then Aaron Rodgers are the two guys that come to mind when you think of a guy who just throws accurate missiles effortlessly. Yeah. 
Like, it's just easy. Doesn't even have to step into him all the time. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we know. I mean, Tom Brady won seven <laughs> Super Bowls. So it's hard to – and Tom Brady, you know, he worked tirelessly on his technique and his his, his mechanics. Uh, and his. But for Dan Marino, it was just natural. I mean, it was just God-given. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers a lot that way. And that's why Patrick Mahomes, I think, is so special because he's got that too. But he also has the ad ability, the athleticism, he's been playing shortstop at quarterback. Yeah. He's the, the whole package. I mean, Dan Marino never moved out of that No, pocket. he was a statue. He was a statue. He was just dealing. But then he just thing. dealing <laughs> missiles, baby. And his release was so quick that basically that worked against the defense. The pass rush actually was neutralized because of his quick release. And he got he, it out so fast. Well, and that's the thing. That's why I say in mall and receivers, I mean, Duper and Clayton are fast, but they're little guys. Mm-hmm. He's got to throw it on a, on a dime. Ooh, small passing windows. Small, yeah. small oh, targets. Yeah. And he would make them happen. Yeah. Unfortunately, never never won that Super Bowl. And that hurts him. Or Montana's the, got in his the, In the GOAT discussion. It does. Well, yeah. then you got people like, well, we get, uh, who get called elite that won Super Bowls. All right, we'll be back. We'll pick up that <laughs> conversation. We're one hour into five.